It is Sunday, June 5th. The podcast comes out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We don't normally wait this late to record. In fact, we sat down to record yesterday, Saturday, Saturday morning. We had our agenda. We had a nice list of great things that we could talk about, exciting things that have happened in our life over the course of the last seven, eight days, including your daughter's graduation. And a delicious private dinner party out here at the farm and all of the wonderful things that we talk about, delicious foods and great, interesting conversations about lifestyle. And right as we were getting into recording the podcast, we got a phone call. Mm -hmm. And the phone call was about Maggie, the farm dog, who we've talked about on this podcast. Every single time we've talked about a long lunch club or a farm to table dinner or your farm day or the different kinds of classes that you teach, anyone that came to the farm got to meet Maggie. Yeah. A few episodes ago, one of the questions was, if you could pick any animal on the farm, which animal would you choose to be? And both of us said mm-hmm. we would want to be Maggie. Because I feel that as much as this farm is anyone's, it was Maggie's. Oh, absolutely. Maggie had a run of the place. Maggie was amazing and smart. But Maggie did what Maggie wanted. And one of the things that was in the agreement of Maggie was that Maggie was going to leave the front gate of the farm and she was going to make her way around all of the neighbor farms and say hi every day as often as she could when she wanted. Because as much as that gate was anyone's here, that gate was Maggie's. She walked in that gate a few years ago. That's right. She was a stray that walked up on the farm and the timing was good in that the farm that My brother and my parents and everybody were looking for a farm dog that can patrol the fence lines Mm -hmm. and patrol the back pasture and Mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff. Because everyone everyone had their pets, the ones that live inside. Sure, sure, sure. Our backyard dogs, our house dogs, our personal family, home pets. But Maggie was special. And she came on the farm and she never left. And we learned so much from her. We all did. And she was so smart. So smart. I mean, that dog, she knew that rabbits ate my garden. (laughs) She was a varmint catcher and she had a very important job. As a matter of fact, we've had a raccoon between a couple of the farms that has been killing some of the chickens and Maggie. Our neighbor's chickens, to be clear. Yes. And Maggie had gotten to the point where she wouldn't even go in at night because she had a job to do and she was patrolling And she was patrolling my gardens and she would come inside our house and she would go in the backyard and she would make her patrol around and she would play with us and she would play with our dog, Kai Shin. And and she protected in this like extremely smart and wise way of alerting people that this was her home and that if she needed to kill something, she would. But that wasn't Maggie because here we have a random chicken that's jumped over the fence and is out wandering around and Maggie gave that chicken no attention. Yeah, she did not bother the things that weren't to be bothered. And if someone came into the yard and we didn't know, she gave them the big bark, the loud, let my family know someone's here because they clearly don't know someone's here. But then many, many people came on and off the farm all the time that she just loved as much as she loved anyone else. Kissing babies and the... (laughs) The political farm dog. Hey, come in. Let me love you and let me lean on you. And She had a wonky that. ear. She w- did. One of the ears would fall the way you would expect a dog with longer ears ear to fall. 
And then the other one just stuck straight up in the air all of the time. And I would like play with that ear and put it down and it would go right back up again. And it's also important to say that she was completely untrained. It's not like you, you can buy a farm dog as a puppy and there are training programs that teach that dog exactly what their role is. But she adopted all of her roles with no training. She, she just listened. She came on the farm. Mm-hmm. Your dad and mom tried to, we weren't living here at the time. Your dad and mom tried to shoo her away. A few days later, they began feeding her. Mm-hmm. A month later, they put a collar on her and that was it. I mean, you're okay. You're here. You're a member of the family and we see your value. And then her value only was learned by watching her. Mm-hmm. We've got the front area where there are two homes are. We've got the back area, which is pretty much unprocessed pasture land. Pasture land. Mm-hmm. A lot of scrub mesquite trees that are growing real big and the pigs and the steer have run of that area but so did maggie Mm -hmm. and just like the pigs would cut trails maggie had her little trails so as you might have guessed we lost maggie yesterday she got hit by a car and that that was was the the phone call call, we received in the middle of the podcast and it threw off our entire day we immediately jumped up running to the front of the pasture my first question was she's not even out how could she be out nobody's left and Joe reminded me that he had gone to the store. And then that also reminded me that there were some people that had come in to help us with the bees. You guys know, in the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about how we have a beekeeper that's coming. And so the gate had been open and that's what Maggie did. Every time someone left, if I was walking around outside, I'd look up front and Maggie would have gone and she would have been outside the gate waiting to get back in. Cause she didn't even, it wasn't like she was leaving. She was just going to do her her, trails. Advent, her adventures. She had pathways even where she'd go check on this and check on that and run this fence line. So our fence line wasn't the only fence line that she ran. Like mm-hmm. that was the thing about her was that she patrolled the whole neighborhood. This was just her home. And this is where she always came home to. And there's not a shortage of methods used to try to keep her inside. Oh God, no, my parents, because my mom started understanding that this dog is getting deeper and deeper in our hearts and she won't stay in the yard. And every time a car would honk, my mom would say, oh God, is Maggie coming back? Has she come back? And we'd say, oh, yep, there she is. She's back in the yard. You know, and what that meant was somebody was driving down the farm road and they were courteous enough to see her and slow down and honk so that she'd get out of the way. But that being said, Every one of us, every neighbor that lived around here, everyone knew Maggie, which meant that everyone knew that someday Maggie was going to get hit by a car because that's what happens to farm dogs on farm roads that don't stay in their fences. And anyone that lives in a rural area knows that. We spent some time this morning. I do a live every Sunday morning. For those of you that haven't heard us talking about that, every Sunday morning on my Aislinn Campbell business page on Facebook, I do a live. And I've been doing that for a solid 24 months and more. Everyone that pays attention to that has gotten a chance to see the transition from our urban backyard to our farm growth and our gardens here at the farm and has gotten to know all of our animals. And we spent some time this morning talking about the realities of a homestead and the realities of what that means to our relationship and our family. And even the connection that's being made as it, as we've all been grappling with over the last few years, really since the pandemic kicked off about life and death. And then of course, most recently about the hard lost lives that continues to keep occurring with wars and accidents with cars and school shootings and all of the things that are occurring in this world right now. 
where my answer is a lot of what we talk about here on the podcast, and that is lifestyle and honesty so that we can tell the truth so that people begin to understand what it looks like to be someone that's different than you. Last week, we talked about the figment of your imagination. Mm -hmm. And I think that this plays into that really well when it comes to what we think about someone else when we see the Instagram posts of their farm, their homestead, and what they're living and the lives that they're living. But when we don't tell the truths about the real lives and deaths that we're dealing with here on the farm and the responsibility that it comes to the idea that that was our life to take care of. And on this particular day, it was our life to deal with when it was over. And it got us talking about the longhorn steer in the back. Right. Those things are huge. Literally. I mean, Maggie was manageable as far as putting her to rest. Right. She was manageable. Right. But those longhorn steer, when someday the circle of life closes for them. Right. Whether it's a traumatic situation or just simply the fact that animals pass away. It's just a piece of the puzzle that we're going to process someday. Yeah. And I talk a lot, one of my major philosophies of life, something I always talked about with Grow Local South Texas, and I've continued to keep discussing in my education about homesteading and growing gardens and all of that is this hands in the dirt learning. There's been a lot of hands in the dirt learning for me. There's been a lot of hands in the dirt learning for me with you. Mm -hmm. And then there's been a lot of hands in the dirt learning with you. Well, the transition point for me at our home in the city was the chickens. As urban as our life was, we had a backyard that resembled a tiny little farm with our chickens. Yeah. And there is all of the joy of life. They're babies. Yeah. Oh, look, they're jumping. Oh, look, she's trying to fly. Oh, da, 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 da. And then there is the realities of death. A right. dog gets in your backyard. You can go back and find the episode. Yep. And a couple of our chickens didn't make that attack. And my little dog was involved in that conversation. And that was a big, huge scare because mm-hmm. I was like, what if something had happened to my little dog? You know, when we open our hearts up to A, taking more responsibility for our freedoms. We have to take care of our own water. We have to take care of our own food. We have to take care of our own septic systems. If a hurricane comes, we aren't just leaving. We're solving a whole lot of problems. When you add all of that stuff into it, that's the give and the take of this type of responsibility. This type of homesteading responsibility is that Yes, you're going to get all of the freedoms and the beauties of being out in the country and being able to kind of choose to do what you want. Like Maggie, do what you want. You Mm -hmm. can go outside the fence, but every human here, every human that knows you around this area knows that that dog's going to get hit by a car someday because she absolutely runs out in the road. And she tricks you into thinking that she's got it under control because she manages it so well. There's an automatic gate. And for a while, that gate was left in the open position. Yeah. But then we decided to begin keeping it closed. But there's an exit sensor so that when you approach the gate, the gate opens automatically. And Maggie knew. Maggie knew. A car is going out. My here is my chance. A car is coming back. 
I'm just going to wait outside the gate. I've done all my little adventuring. I'm just going to lay down right here by the gate and wait for somebody to come home because then the gate will open again. Yep. And she tricks you into thinking that she's got this under control. She's not in the road. She's staying between the fence and the road. And she's going to be just fine. And then when we moved out here and saw what her relationship with that gate was, mm-hmm. I oftentimes I was the one that quote unquote let her out because I left for work. Right. And I began texting everybody. Yeah. M-O-G-O, Maggie out, but the gate is open. M-O-G-C, Maggie out, but the gate is closed. Just so that I can make everyone aware, this member of our family mm-hmm. will need to be let in. Her and I had gotten so close yeah. over the recent weeks mm-hmm. that my little dog, Kaishin, had started getting a little like, you know. Jealous. Yeah, like kind of trying to get between us and, you know, but Maggie would give him a little warning, like a little, you know, nothing bad, but she'd give him a little, and their politics. And I would, I would hold her nose when she did that. And I would look her in the eye and I would tell her, no, ma'am, that one's mine. And that one's important to me. And you don't be ugly to it. And the thing is, is that she listened. You could talk to that dog and tell her what you needed her to do. I would tell her, okay, Maggie, get out of my garden. Now, Maggie, get out of the garden. And she listened. And I would say, Maggie, there's a rabbit. Let's go get it. And she would be like, get it. She heard the word, get it. And she would go, you know, looking for whatever she was going for. But when it came to the fence and when it came to the gate and going out in the road and doing what she wanted as it related to freedom, she would just look at you, look over your shoulder and just keep walking. She did not care. She was outright ignoring. She wasn't a little speedy dog that just, oh, accidentally got out. Nope. She knew exactly what she was doing. And she was like, don't worry, I'll be back. And that's how we felt about it. Don't worry, Mm -hmm. she'll be back. And now she's gone. And I went outside last night and I walked out to the front when sunset. Oh my God. She was my walking buddy. Yeah. You're walking buddy. Everybody's walking buddy. Anytime I had to walk from here to the other edge of the farm where the tools and feeding animals, etc. You'd walk outside and you'd begin to expect to hear. Mm -hmm. That's Maggie running toward you. To walk with you. Yeah. To put her head next to one of your hands that's hanging down as you walk. So you could scratch your ear as you walked. I've begun walking out in the pasture in the back. Mm -hmm. Once you're back there, you're by yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the reason why I go back there. But if Maggie sees you going out to the back, oh, she would get so excited. Don't worry. You're not by yourself. And she'd run way ahead of you. Almost like to check the trails to make sure everything's okay. Then she'd come back and hang out with you. And you had just posted a video of her hunting a rabbit. Stalking a rabbit. Yeah. Having to be perfectly still while the rabbit's about 20 yards away. Let me walk forward one yard real slowly. Another half yard real slowly. Yeah. And then finally the rabbit sees her and and then Maggie. Oh, such joy. When you consider the reasons why humans keep dogs it's actually a very interesting history they were tools Mm -hmm. oh yeah they would hunt for you they would retrieve the birds that you shot all of these things that we know do you know why toy poodles exist tell me because they were wealthy women's dogs that they put in their lap and they held close to them and it helped keep them warm and kept their hands warm kaishen certainly serves that function (laughs) for you we're not going to lie about it yeah but what that's morphed into in 2022 is largely especially in an urban setting the reason why you have a dog is companionship Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, to bark warning you of danger yeah to protect you yeah depending on the breed depending on the size of the dog and your relationship with it and maggie as a dog 
was perfect yeah. in every single one of those things. From killing the rabbit to licking babies' faces whenever they were out here at the farm with no fear. No one had any fear. I noticed that Robert Chan made a comment on my thread on Facebook about mm -hmm. Maggie. And Robert had been feeding Maggie goat because he was our yeah, chef yeah. that was making goat. And he was like, oh, my God, I missed that dog already. And, you know, I think of all the people that are like, oh, my God, Maggie. Wow. You know, we messaged the kids. Savannah, who lives here, was like the first one. Oh, my God. I can't even believe Because Maggie would have walked Savannah to her car every morning when she would drive off her school. Yeah. And when Savannah would come home a lot these days, Maggie would be inside the house. Mm -hmm. And Savannah would think nothing of it because Maggie, you know? And I said, I already miss her. And Hunter immediately, me too, you know? And then Lily, oh, I knew this one was going to be hard because she's up at camp where she doesn't have a ton of like cell phone service. Mm -hmm. And she called, and I knew the moment she called what she was calling about. And her first words, just full of tears, Mom, this is horrible. And I said, yeah, I know, baby. We love those dogs. And this dog, Maggie, I kept comparing her to the dog that my children grew up with a dog named Sadie, a black Labrador retriever. Mm -hmm. And I was the one that was at home the most. And even though she wasn't really my dog, she was my ex-husband's dog. I was the one that was at home with her. And I got to know that dog so well. And I got to know how loving and smart Labrador retrievers are. And I always told my Lillian and even my ex-husband when I was over there just recently, you would love Maggie because she's just like Sadie, but like even calmer, <laughs> like even more chill, kindness in their eyes and that love for every single person that comes around. I know my job. Don't stop my freedom. We're all going to be fine. And I took her death yesterday. First of all, I was madder than hell at her. I'm telling you guys, mm -hmm. I, <laughs> the first time I get a chance to meet my neighbors from next door is over a dog, really. Well, and they had, your folks were out of town. Yes. And they were the ones that kind of found her. Yes. And called your folks. Right. So my folks called us while we were in the middle of the podcast, right? right? So that's what So the... when we walk out, run out. Right. These neighbors, who I have not met, which is horrible in and of itself, sure, are standing there waiting. And they know Maggie. Yeah. They know Maggie. Maggie yeah. comes in their yard. Their yeah. little dog plays with Maggie. I mean, like, I'm screaming, oh, God, and the F word when my neighbors first meet me. Mm -hmm. Because I'm just like, I'm mad at her. I'm mad because she was my friend. And now she's gone. And this unexpected death was something... Maybe I was supposed to learn. Mm. I really believe that Maggie was teaching us all something. Yeah. Because I just can't let her death just be a death. Right. Like, I just don't believe in that. Well, she like, came... yes, I, the, the idea of bodies, we've talked about this on the podcast. It's a, it's a feeling that irritates people sometimes. I have this strange relationship with life and death. Once the body's gone, the body's gone. There's no, nothing to hold the body back. The body's gone. That's what life is about. We live in a body and we, this body that we live in is vulnerable and it gets hurt and mm -hmm. it gets sick and mm -hmm. all of that. But the eternalness of it is so much bigger than that for me. But then I say all of that and I'm the person that teaches at the topmost priority of farm life and gardening that life is the most important thing. Do not kill things. 
the balance has to occur on its own. And so because of that, I just refuse to believe that any death, including something that happens so fast that you can't even fathom. And I thought about the parents of the children that have passed recently and some Texas things that have happened, some are very local here at our high schools locally. Sure. And some things in Texas and the lives that were lost. And I understand. Where where there's no almost comfort of sickness and decline where you have a time period to prepare for that. And it's still, we don't even prepare as much as we need to in those situations because that loss of body, Mm -hmm. that loss of familiarity with this thing that we love. The loss of stories with that body, with that life. Yeah. You don't get that. Mm -hmm. You send them off to school. Mm -hmm. You send them to graduation practice. Mm -hmm. You know that when that gate opens, she's going to go do her thing mm-hmm. and, and, she'll she, and she'll be back. Yeah. Didn't you tell me she was on our floor an hour earlier? Oh, no doubt about it. Enjoying she, the air conditioning. Yes. Because one of the things I'd figured out is that, especially while my parents were gone, that like she was loving coming inside and laying on the floor in the air conditioning in the middle of this hot summer. She had become much more domesticated over the years as each year went by. It's just a lot. It's a lot to grapple with. It's a lot that we're all dealing with right now. On top of the a lot that we're already dealing with prior to this, which I think we'll probably talk about next week. Well, we intended on talking about this week. Well, sure. And I I honestly believe with just some of the things with the intermingling of family Mm -hmm. and the move to the farm, my God, the hands in the dirt learning experiences we've had this last year in our relationship with our children headed to college, with our children graduating from college, with our children graduating from high school, with the last baby in the house, with the new dog that we've gotten in the recent years. I mean, once you open your heart up to something. New chickens, the responsibility of all of this life. I said this this morning, and this is no judgment. It's just different. When you live in a large city, what is your connection to nature? It's got to be purposeful. You have to go to the park. You have to do vacations that feed that, I think, human requirement of being more in touch with non-concrete. And how often in an urban situation do you actually run across a dead body? Sure. Speaking very generally, not very often. Maybe a pigeon, you know, like... Sure, right. But out here... We've we run have, across it a lot. Well, we have purposefully <laughs> connected ourselves, whether or not we knew that that's exactly what we were getting into or not, to the cycle of nature that is just absent in an urban lifestyle. I find All of a r- sudden, our pets have predators. Right. All of a sudden, our chickens, which let's call them pets. Once you start naming them, yeah. they yeah. become much more pets yeah. than anything else. We just had a conversation at the dinner table because we were at the executive surf club with Savannah on the last day of school and her friend, and we were talking about life and death. One of the things that the girls made a comment, Savannah specifically made a comment, was we're desensitized. And I thought, what an interesting comment for a Mm 16-year-old who sits behind a computer all day and plays death games and watches Stranger Things where things are blowing up with blood everywhere. Mm -hmm. To say out loud, we're desensitized. And what does that mean? And all of the ongoing arguments that are happening right now about life and death. Mm -hmm. And this one, we couldn't avoid talking about because everyone knows Maggie. Maggie was in all of our hearts. 
I mentioned that your folks are away, and let's not kid ourselves. Maggie was your dad's dog. Yeah. Even the neighbor said, oh, I was had such a hard time calling Paul. <laughs> so there's two very specific things. Number one, and I texted this to your dad, I am so sorry that this happened on our watch. Mm-hmm. And he was very quick to say, Joe, we all knew it was an inevitability. Mm-hmm. And we tried everything we could. If there is a method to keep a dog inside of a yard, it was tried mm-hmm. by this family. Mm-hmm. And without getting gruesome, I said... Do we want to take care of this now, put her to rest, or would you like to wait to get home to be a participant in that? Because we loved this dog. We loved this dog, and this dog loved us. They said, no, let's go ahead and get it done. Well, and that's one of the things that I would tell you about being a kid that grew up in a rural farm family. The daddy just takes care of it. Mm -hmm. It gets done. And that's one of the reasons why we didn't get back to the podcast yesterday, was we had a task that went to the top of the list of urgency. Just as much as we have to deal with the life on the farm, Mm -hmm. we have to deal with the death on the farm as Mm -hmm. well. And we have to deal with the safety and the preparations and the dealing with all of the things that come along with that too. I got stung by yellow jackets again. Twice yesterday. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week, (laughs) how we fix it. But my point, I took a couple Advil and a Benadryl. You know, we do have a medicine cabinet here. Believe it or not. <laughs> for yellow jacket stings, bee yeah, stings, yeah. and other things yeah. that happen out here. Of course. And an amazing meal that we can talk about next <sighs> week, and uh, but a big kitchen. And I'm like, okay, well, Aeson's crashed. I'm going to go into the kitchen and Benadryl. <laughs> I was out. So I get a, a good night's sleep, I think. I wake up, and the first thing I do every morning is go out to the chicken pen and... Yeah. I ran out there to check on the chickens. I was like, I got to make sure everybody's okay. And I did that thing, that mental reset overnight where I'm expecting Maggie to gallop at me any yeah. moment. I was oh, like, oh, shit. I come out right now while my parents are out of town. We're feeding Maggie. Mm-hmm. I the, let Kaishin down out of, I'm, we're trying to keep Kaishin off the bed. So he's supposed to go outside and go to the bathroom and then come right back in the house for food and water. And then I go out the front door and feed Maggie because she's laying on our porch. Mm-hmm. And she was gone this morning. And it's hard because I, I loved her very much. She was so my friend. So give your pets an extra good scratch or treat or whatever because it can end suddenly. And I would also say that if you haven't listened to last week's podcast where we talk about figment of imagination, go back and listen to that because we're creating figments of imagination in our minds about how other families and other cultures are processing life and death right now. And we may not have any clue what it really is like because we live a completely different life and we've created a complete and total figment of how other people handle life and death just because we think we know. This past week feels like a month. The last... I don't even know. Six weeks. It felt like an eternity. Six years. <laughs> it was a corner turning week. <laughs> I hope so. I think for many reasons. Maybe some stuff we'll talk about in a little while. Mm-hmm. Your daughter graduated from high school. That's a huge turning point. Graduation happened and all of these different things that come with being a mom of a graduate. It's not my first. She's actually the third, but she's my baby. She's my female. She's so independent. It's just the whole process of the whole experience. And she did all of it herself as opposed to like Cortland and Hunter. Well, Cortland and I did all of his graduation stuff. 
she handled all that stuff herself. So I'm processing a lot. And so was, so was everyone else. Like you are clearly. Then she's off for her summer job, like away. She's doing one of those camp. I'm a camp counselor or lifeguard cooking at camp for a big kids. Is that a co-ed camp? I think so. Yeah. She's having so much fun. Yeah. (laughs) Then my daughter goes away for the summer to visit her mom. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think she was looking for a change of pace and a change of scenery and her brother's going to be there and her best friend's flying in. So she's very excited to go do that. So we have an empty nest summer. But right now we have <laughs> an empty house. Yeah. Two or three nights into that. Yep. Two nights ago, I got out of the shower and wanted to get a glass of water. <laughs> I just walked around naked. <laughs> I know. It definitely has changed things because whenever I moved in with you guys and then I had like two teenage boys it changed the way I moved around the house completely in the evening, you know? Um, because before that I had been like nursing mom with little kids and like, you know, I was half dressed everywhere. I went. So then all of a sudden I had teenagers and teenagers that weren't my own in the house and everything changed. So modesty comes into it. Then yeah, it's the modesty roller coaster. But yeah, it's nice to have a little bit of space. It's nice to be able to spend some time just working on us and what we want. That's who just called me. So go ahead and answer it. 